Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Yisrael Brod from Eretz Yisrael with Agudas Chassidei Chabad, who we all know so well when it comes to fundraising. I thought it would be a great idea, being that we're approaching a new year, 2016, that we can hear some words of uh, wisdom from Rabbi Brod in regards to fundraising. Before we begin, I just wanted to give a special thank you to Rabbi Brod for taking out of his time to help Shulchan have more Atzlach in their Shulchan. Well, um, it's, my pleasure. it's my pleasure to be able to do it, and uh, I hope uh, that uh, those that listen will implement uh, some of those things we're going to talk about. And I want to wish you a lot of great Atzlach in having a very successful financial year of 2016. So before we begin, I just want to thank our sponsors. I would like to thank Svassman Jewelers, the Smetana Group, Gift Card Zen, and Ohana Pay. Thank you for making the podcast available to all Shluchim. I'm going to begin with a very practical question, and that is, is what is the biggest shift you teach Shluchim about fundraising? Well, you see, the, the greatest thing in fundraising, or at least one of the greatest things in fundraising, is structure. Structure meaning you know where you're headed to, you know what you want, you know how much you need, and together with structure comes along measurable goals. A goal which is not measurable is not really a goal. It's something more than kind of a dream, a, a wishful thinking. So the most important thing that I help Shluchim with is taking their choymer, all their material that they have, and transforming it into a professional tzula in, in order for you to be able to approach a balabos in a professional manner. And usually you also get a lot more money when you do it in such a way. But basically, to answer your question, it's creating structure and measurable goals. Over the years, you've worked with so many shluchim, countless shluchim, and have made such a big difference in their Chabad houses. And uh, my question is, have you ever worked with shluchim who have been out for over 10 years, where they sort of are stuck in a, in, in a rut, stuck in a pattern, and uh, yet you've still been able to teach them, you know, like an old shliach new tricks? Have you been able to accomplish that? Well, 10 years is not, is not old. I work with Shluchim that have been out there 20 years and even 30 years. And the interesting thing is, first of all, there's always something to learn. Anybody that would come into an organization as an outsider and, and, and looking into what, what's happening in the organization, you know, the Rebbe says in Asicha, talking about Yisra, he uses the expression, a guest for a mile, a guest for a mile, if you're, you know, you're a guest for, 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 for a while, you see as far as a mile. Sometimes just having an outsider coming in and having a look at your organization and, and understanding what you're doing and giving you some healthy recommendations already could be very helpful, which incidentally any shliach could do with local, local professionals. Have somebody come in and you know, overlook your organization, see how you're operating, and they usually could come up with some good recommendations, which could be very helpful. But it's a lot more than that. You can have shluchim that have been out there in the field for 10, 20, 30 years and have been raising money for many years, but it was never in a structure. It was never proper. It was never professional. And every year they have to start from scratch. So there's plenty, plenty, plenty to work with shluchim, regardless of how many years they've been out there. You know, in order for you to know whether you're raising money professionally or not, Here's a simple question you ask yourself. 
when 2016 is going to start, just uh, purely two weeks from now, January 1st comes in. If your question is, is Larry, Mo, uh, Moshe, Yankel, Bettel, whoever they are, are they going to give me money this year? And what do I have to do to get money from them this year? It's pretty bad. <clears throat> if you say to yourself that these guys, all above mentioned names, <clears throat> they are going to give me money this year, the question is how much are they going to give me this year more than what they gave me the previous year? Then you know you're on a, on, on a solid ground. Then you know you have donors you could rely on. And this is called professional fundraising. Professional fundraising means that you don't have to start spinning the wheel from scratch. You're dealing and working with people because they're not just donors. They have become partners. You have cultivated a, healthy, a healthier relationship with them. And therefore, when 2016 comes around, you say, okay, he gave me last year 1800 What do I think I'm going to you know, bring him up this year? Is it going to be 2000 2500 or maybe even jump him up to 3600 Gave me last year 500 so what am I doing with him this year? Asking for the same 500 or 600 or 800 or 2000 or or the guy that gave him 5000 And the, the, the amounts really doesn't matter. The Nakuda the is that you're always ask, you're, you're asking yourself whether you have the donors that they are going to give you money. The only question is how much. If I could oh, just uh, throw in a, a, a practical question here. Let's say you have someone who is a supporter of yours but doesn't live in your community. Over the years, you, know, you reach out to them, you give them a call, and they, 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 they support you. Um, they're not a friend even. Maybe it's someone in a nash who, uh, for whatever reason, they're connected to you, they're connected to your family, and they give you $1,000, 1800 even 5000 a year. But the rest of the year, you're not really in touch with them because they're not in your community. How would you how would you make someone like that a partner so that every year instead of hoping they're going to give, but again in the same way that you're saying, it's just a question of how much. You know, you said something which which I want to go back to your question and and, and repeat what you said, and and stop over there. You said the guy doesn't live in your town, sometimes not even in your state, and maybe not even in your country. And therefore, you can't really have contact with him. So, you, you know, what do you do? You know, there's a, there are certain instruments today, something called like uh, Facebook, emails. Have you heard of those things? reason in the world that a shliach can't be in touch with his people on a regular basis, whether they live, whether they live around the corner from the Chabad house or they live uh, 6,000 miles away in another part of the world. The important thing is, that you cultivate your people. Even if it's a friend, even if it's a balabas, or as you described, it's a nash, you know, for some reason or other he's giving you money because of family or whatever reason is giving you money. If you treat him properly, not bombarding him with, with, with long megillus, but Hanukkah was over now, take a half a dozen beautiful pictures of Hanukkah with some captions, no long megillus, don't write stories. People don't read much stories. Captions. Show a couple of beautiful. Say thank you for your support, and, and just do it again after Purim, and do it again after Lag Boimel. Do it three, four, five times a year, and you are continuously keeping your people on on board, so to say. They're thinking about you. So when you're going to ask them once a year for your money, there's nothing. There's no guarantee for anything, but 
your stronger chances that because you were decent to him and you cultivated a healthy relationship with him, chances are he will give you what he gave you the previous year and maybe you can ask for a raise. I just spoke Excellent. tonight. A, a, I just spoke tonight to Shliach here in Israel. Who, he has a lot of supporters from uh, from from Chutzlar. It's even though Baruch Hashem is plenty of money in as well, but he does have a particular guy he was trying to meet when he came to the Kinnis Shluchim, and he sent him emails. He was kind of running out, garnished. He sent him now a beautiful email of Hanukkah, just some you know half a dozen pictures, captions, within maybe. Three to four minutes after he sent out that email, the guy sends him back an email, how great it is to hear from you, how beautiful it is to see your success, no no, um, no wonder that you're so successful, something like that. That's all. And this is what you need. So having a donor local or, or someplace else in today's world, almost, I mean, you can have that personal, you know, face-to-face interaction, even though that you can also do with Skype. But... Um, there's no reason in the world that you can't cultivate donors properly, even if they live in, in, in the other part of the world. So we don't have time to go into all the details of fundraising. I mean, this is what you do for a living, and uh, you, you provide workshops, and you fly out to Shluchim. But a few more um, questions that I have is, if you had time to teach one idea to a Shliach, let's say besides the idea of, uh, of structure, it was one idea that you're passionate about, um, what would that be? So I'll give it to you from a philosophical perspective and from a practical perspective. From a philosophical perspective, the healthiest thing that anybody could do in understanding what fundraising is all about is coming to the understanding that fundraising is a process and it's a long-term process, a process which develops over many, many years. The moment somebody comes to that understanding, he's already ahead of the game. Fundraising is not a hit and run. It's a process and it's a long-term process. And the sooner you get started with this healthy process, the better off you are. That's from a philosophical perspective. And I'll give you from a practical perspective. These are six words that I guarantee anybody listening to this conversation now or anybody has heard this before, anybody will hear this, implement these six words, guaranteed, that you will have a lot more success. Are you ready, Rabbi Shapiro? Yes, go for it. Always record your next step immediately. If somebody just gets into the habit of always, and there's a doggish on always, an emphasis, always, always record your next step and also make that always immediately. You, I'll give you a couple of quick, quick examples. You came to Balabas, you asked him for a gift, said, I'll give it to you. You asked him, when are you going to give it to me? He said, come to me in two months from now or in six months, whenever it is. You say, thank you so much. Okay, you come back to the office, and the first thing is you send them out a letter. After every solicitation meeting, a letter must be sent out. Okay, you sent them out the letter. You wrote yourself down in your calendar, and six months from now or in three months from now or in two months, whenever he told you when to reach out and again to actually collect the money. And... And... Um, and uh, you wrote yourself down the calendar when, when, when to reach out to him to get the money, and you, uh, you actually do it. Okay. So what are you doing next with him? Are you just going to sit and wait for six months before you ask him now for his money? Or if he told you, you know what, Rabbi, I'll send you a check in the mail the next week. 
they send them a thank you letter in the middle they say oh thank you so much for your commitment and you know thank you so much for sending me the check to, you know within the next week of mail you got the check okay you got your gift for this year for 2016 this is january 23rd you got your gift for 2016 what do you do next with this guy so you owe you have to record what is going to be your next step if just imagine having every person that you are soliciting in your calendar having recorded the next step. I'm not suggesting I'll go back to 20, 30, 50, 80, 100 donors and start writing next steps. That's never going to happen, and it shouldn't be. But start from this point on. Today, you met a guy, or you spoke to a guy by phone. The moment you finish, stop. Don't go further. Stop for a minute and ask yourself the following question. So what am I doing next with this guy? When am I going to reach out again to him? What am I going to do for him? Which incidentally, this has nothing to do only, this is not just for fundraising purposes, it's also for being Mikad of Eden to Yiddishkeit. You had a couple over Friday night, beautiful Shabbos dinner. The kids behaved, beautiful divitela, a song, a joke, a maisa. It was meaningful, it was, it was uplifting, it was beautiful. The couple leaves, the family leaves, and you turn to your wife, or she turns to you and say, wow, Real neshamas, like you, you can see, they really, they were like, they really appreciated it. Saddam Adventist you know, you have, you have good material here. What usually happens after Shabbos? Usually nothing. Why? It's not that nothing is going to happen. Of course, within the next uh, month, uh, three months, six months, they'll see a certain program. They'll see a JLI course. They'll see, they may come for Shabbos to service. They, they, I mean, if they live in a community, something will continue to happen but not in a, in a progressive, active way that you are being the cut of this family. What you should do is Matzah Shabbos sit down with the calendar and say to yourself and say to your wife, and she says to you, what are we doing with this family next? Are we going to invite them again? Are we going to send them a book? Are we going to, am I going to stop by his office to put on film with him? Am I going to talk to him about putting up his business? Is, is, the, is the shlicha going to speak to her about Tadas HaMishpocha, about Kashmir? What What is the next step? Take a next step. So if, if anybody just implements these six words, always, and again, it has to be bold, always, always, unless, by the way, you've decided this person is not for you, you're not going to pursue him, so don't continue. But any person keep in touch with, keep in touch with, always record your next step immediately. Now, obviously, you're not going to be cultivating a relationship with the same person that gives you $18,000 with like the same person that gives you $180 a year. God that gives you $180 a year. So once a year, you'll send them a thank you letter. Maybe even once a year, you pick up the phone and say hello and thank you and a good job and a good job and, and, and you're done. The more the guy is capable of giving you, the more you will want to invest because cultivation is, 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 a, is a base for successful and healthy fundraising. Actually, in a nutshell, the concept of, of, of cultivation is don't ask what your donor can do for you. Ask what you can do for your donor. We are always asking ourselves, so how am I going to get more money from this guy? How am I going get, to get him to do this for me? And how am I going to get him to do that for me? No, stop. Start thinking, what can I do for him? And the more you will do for him, the mainly he will also do for you. The, the idea of, of recognizing that the cultivation you know, something which is, is long-term and fundraising, you have to look at the bigger picture and into the future. 
but you've written many shlokim who, who bring you, they're, they're bringing you to their community because they're in a time of, of a, if you want to say, crisis, or they, they simply don't know what to do. And I can't tell you how many shlokim I speak to, and even myself, you get to a point where you feel you tapped, you tapped everyone out, everyone that's involved with you, everyone that you're connected with and appreciates you. You've asked, and this is where you are, and you need, and you need more funds in order to, to operate efficiently. What is it that you can offer, or, or when you come to, to, to Shliach and to, to help them out, how is it possible to raise more resources from the same pool of people? I'm going to be very, very blunt with you, okay? And I hope nobody's going to feel offended with what I'm going to say now. But if you feel offended, then I guess you fit the hat. Because the son of Siddiq says he makes hats, and you decide which hat fits you. There are two ways of asking people for money. There's schnorring and there's professional fundraising. Now, schnorring isn't like a beggar, but schnorring has a whole bunch of negative connotations, and you can, you can rest assured that there are many shluchim out there that are busy raising money in the system of schnorring. It's not even a system, but it's a schnorring. You come to somebody and say, we do so much good work, and I'd like you to help me, that's called schnorring. You can come in with a beautiful tie and, you know, glancedika polished shoes and look perfect. But if this is the way you're talking, you say, you know, we do a lot of good work, we help a lot of people, we take care of kids, and we, we, we feed college students Shabbos and blah, 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 and therefore I need your help, that is called schnorring. Because you haven't really shared any real information with the potential donor. So the moment you transform schnorring into professional fundraising, you'd be surprised how much the amount of money that the person will give goes up double, triple, and four times and many more times. So schnodding versus professional fundraising is not just that here you call the schnodding and here you call the professional fundraiser. Schnodding versus professional fundraising is a huge difference in what amount of money you're going to get. When you schnod, you get schnodding money. When you do professional fundraising, you get a lot more money. So, so taking somebody and bringing him into a position where suddenly you now can approach a balabas in a very professional manner, sharing with him who you are, what you are, how you operate, how much money you need, where you spend your money, how you spend your money, where your money comes from, how much you're short and how much you have to raise and what your goal is for the year, sharing that with a balabas in a, in a very, very short and sweet and convincing manner is the, which makes the world a difference. So to finish with something which is really pertinent and important for this time of the year, we're approaching 2016. How does a shliach appear for the coming fiscal year of 2016? Well, it, you know, obviously everything we're saying now is all alvegalachas, but I'll give it to you alvegalachas. The first and most important thing, a shliach must have a projected budget. Before you begin the fiscal year of 2016, you must know how much money are you going to need for this entire full year, for the next 12 months, starting January 1st, finishing December 31st. Now, obviously, there's a lot that goes into creating a budget, and we're not going to discuss that now. But number one, the most important thing a shliach must do is create that projected budget. Now, you're not creating the budget to impress somebody. If you're creating a budget to impress somebody, you haven't begun the process. This whole process is a real process. 
you have to create a budget for yourself. And incidentally, the Rebbe writes it in a letter that it's impossible to run an organization without having a proper, without having a budget in advance. So that's number one. You create a budget. So let's say you know, okay, I'm going to need this year seven hundred thousand dollars. Four hundred thousand is going to be coming in for my preschool camp and and all a bunch of other types of memberships and other income. So if I need seven hundred and four hundred is coming in, I'm missing three hundred. Okay, I have now a goal of three hundred thousand dollars. And what I said now it doesn't matter if you need three hundred and hundred comes in and you have a deficit of two hundred. Whatever the numbers are, you know what you need to raise. Once you know what you need to raise, you now have to sit down and go by your entire list of donors, those people that have given you money in previous years, and you say to yourself, okay, who's going to foot the bill? I have to raise $300,000. Where am I going to raise that money from? Do I have that in potential? And then you create that entire list, who you have to go after to, in order to raise the goal you have to raise. Now, Definitely, Shluchim that are many years out in the field do have enough people on their plate to foot the bill. Not always, but in most of the cases, they are there. But in order to make it happen, you have to be out there every day. Fundraising is not a, you don't wake up one morning and you say, oh, I'm going to be overdrawn on the bank this morning and I've got to cover the bank. And you start running around and see how you can make money. Fundraising is a, is a serious day-to-day part of your Shluchim. A shliach is to be involved on a day-to-day basis in dealing with fundraising. So now, let's say you have 150 people. In order to raise your $300,000, you have to go after 150 people. That's okay. That's fine. Start working systematically, going after one person at a time. You're starting from January 1st till December 31st. You have, a, you have 365 days in the year. Take away all the Yamam Tayyim and Shabbosim and Lahab Bilgayusha holidays. You still left with a good 200 working days a year. And you're meeting 150 people. That's pretty much a person a day. Sometimes even less than that. Not exactly a person a day. Go after them. Where, where does the problem, you know, it all sounds beautiful. Where does the real problem come in? The real problem comes in that you're not accountable to anybody. So if you did go and solicit somebody or you didn't go and solicit somebody, it almost doesn't make a difference other than what you know that if you would have gone to solicit, maybe you've made some money. If you didn't go to solicit money, you didn't make money. So the third most important thing is you must create some type of a system of accountability. Who are you accountable to to report on what did you do this week? And at the end of the month, how much did you do this month? Who are you accountable to? You could be accountable to another one or two shluchim. You could be accountable to one or two local balabatim. You could be accountable to a coach. You could be accountable to, to whoever feel, feel that will make you do what you have to do once you are accountable to somebody. But set up that accountability system. So to sum it up, create the budget, create a list of potential donors, and create a, a, an accountability system. <clears throat> we all know that you offer your services to shluchim in, um, to help them with fundraising, but I am sure there are many shluchim out there who are not aware exactly what it is you offer, how you offer, when you offer it, so maybe share for a minute um, what it is that you offer to shluchim. Well, first of all, I, I mean, I'm doing this for quite a few years, and I offer to shluchim to help them get their act together in terms of their annual campaign, in terms of a campaign, in terms of general organization, in terms of strategic planning, 
it's something which, uh, you know, Baruch Hashem, there are shluchim all around the world that have benefited from this. And all, all one has to do is reach out to me, and then we start a phone conversation, a non-committal phone conversation, for me to find out what, what, what it's all about and what he's up to and, and you know, what, what he needs and can I help him. And if I can help him, how many days it would take. Usually it starts by me meeting the Shlia face-to-face, coming down to him for one, two, three days, depending what has to be done. And then we, could, we continue by phone, email, Skype, and we just continue working. I bought Hashem Shluchim. We have weekly phone conversations, and uh, you know things. Uh, things really, really bought Hashem. Uh, guys see serious results. Sometimes good results, and sometimes great results. And and sometimes, you know, I'll be very honest. I've been at, I've been to Shluchim, spent a day or two, and afterwards nothing happens. That also happens. You know, if a guy is not going to implement that which he has to implement, then there's nothing. Nothing anybody could do. But once we put together a program and the guy implements it, there's, there's almost guaranteed success. I haven't seen anybody yet that actually implemented the program and didn't see success. And it's not, it's not easy. It's, it's, you have to work on it systematically and patiently and know that it's a process. And, you know, build one year and after a second year and a third year. But those shluchim that have been doing it, Baruch Hashem, see serious success. After a period of time, the, the, uh, the great thing about this is you see, first of all, immediate results. The moment you put together a program, after a day, two or three that I'm with the shliach, he already has something he can immediately go solicit his malabatim with. It's, it's not yet in, in graphic design, but it's a, a documentation you already have immediately. You can already go out and start raising money immediately. So there are immediate results you can already see. And if you do it systematically and you stick to it, you are beginning to build a serious, reliable base of donors that you know that you will be able to, to rely on them for years to come. If Ashliach wanted to connect with you, what is the best way for them to reach you? Yisrael at Yisraelbrod.com. Yisrael, I spell Y-I-S-R-O-E-L at S-R-S. R-O-E-L-B-R-O-D dot com. Okay, thank you so much, Rabbi Broad, for sharing your unique experiences and approach to fundraising. We really appreciate your time. It's my pleasure, and I want to wish every single shliach, Yisrael al-Chove, Begashmis, and Meruchmis, Kepshutoi. As the Rebbe said once, that you see it on the video, so we should be able to cash it in. Amen. This is Dovi Shapira. If you know a shliach that has Hatzlocha in a specific area, please send me an email with the name of the shliach and what they're successful in or what I could interview them in because the hardest part of getting these podcasts out is knowing which shliach has success in which specific area. So please let me know. Share with me an email of someone. It may just be the next podcast, and it makes all the difference. Make it a great week.